Judges 13. The children of Israel again did that which was evil in Yahweh's sight, and Yahweh delivered them into the hand of the Philistines forty years. There was a certain man of Zorah of the family of the Danites whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and childless. Yahweh's angel appeared to the woman and said to her, See now, you are barren and childless, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now therefore please beware, and drink no wine nor strong drink, and don't eat any unclean thing. For behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son, no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. He shall begin to save Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me, and his face was like the face of the angel of God, very awesome. I didn't ask him where he was from, neither did he tell me his name. But he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and now drink no wine nor strong drink. Don't eat any unclean thing, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Then Manoah entreated Yahweh, and said, O Lord, please let the man of God, whom you sent, come to us, and teach us what should we what we should do to the child who shall be born. God listened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, wasn't with her. The woman hurried and ran and told her husband, saying to him, Behold, the man who came to me that day has appeared to me. Manoah arose and followed his wife and came to the woman and said to him, Are you the man who spoke to my wife? He said, I am. Manoah said, Now let your words happen. What shall the child's way of life and mission be? Yahweh's angel said to Manoah, Of all that I said to the woman, let her beware. She may not eat of anything that comes of the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. Let her observe all that I commanded her. Manoah said to Yahweh's angel, Please stay with us, that we may make a young goat ready for you. Yahweh's angel said to Manoah, Though you detain me, I won't eat your bread. If you prepare a burnt offering, you must offer it to Yahweh. For Manoah didn't know that he was Yahweh's angel. Manoah said to Yahweh's angel, What is your name, that when your words happen, we may honour you? Yahweh's angel said to him, Why do you ask about my name, since it is incomprehensible? So Manoah took the young goat with the meal offering and offered it on a rock to Yahweh. Then the angel did an amazing thing, as Manoah and his wife watched. For when the flame went up toward the sky from the altar, Yahweh's angel ascended in the flame of the altar. Manoah and his wife watched, and they fell on their faces to the ground. But Yahweh's angel didn't appear to Manoah or to his wife any more. Then Manoah knew that he was Yahweh's angel. Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die, because we have seen God. But his wife said to him, If Yahweh were pleased to kill us, he wouldn't have received a burnt offering and a meal offering at our hand. And he wouldn't have shown us all these things, nor would he have told us such things as these at this time. The woman bore a son and named him Samson. The child grew and Yahweh blessed him. Yahweh's spirit began to move him in Mahanadan between Zorah and Eshtaol. So that's a chapter of introduction to the life of 
Samson. So we're now gonna go through Samson for the next couple of chapters, and um, next four chapters, this one and three more. And um, we're gonna, he's, he's really the most obvious or the most covered or the most discussed of all the judges in the book of Judges, and he's the craziest judge as well. So you've got some judges like Deborah and, and I also think Jephthah who are great judges. You've got some judges like Gideon whose story is so interesting but a little, a, he's a bit of a mixture. But Samson's a crazy mixture. And so this chapter is the back story. And he's also the 12th and the last of all the judges. The book of Judges is going to continue on for five, when we get to the end of the story of Samson in chapter 16, there's going to be five more chapters but there's gonna be no judge in those five more chapters. It's gonna show you how crazy the land of Israel gets when there's no judge. And now, um, so Samson is the last of all the judges. But, um, at least in the book of Judges, but technically, Samuel is the last judge because he's kind of like fulfilling the role of judge, but he's in the book of First Samuel. We'll get to him in a few weeks. But Samuel's also the first of the prophets even though Moses technically was a prophet who lived a lot earlier. So we're now starting to get to a turning point in Israel where we're getting to the end of the Judges, and very soon we're gonna start with Samuel and then all the kings, and that's interesting too. Now Samson is a great enigma. Um, and he, as we go through, we're gonna discover that he represents Christ in some ways, even though that's hard for you to imagine right now how he does that, but he, he also represents us. He teaches us what we are like. Because we look at someone like Samson and we think we're not like that, but we're wrong because we're a lot like that. <laughs> and uh, you know, we, we see obvious lessons in his life about you know, don't be sexually immoral and you know, don't be tempted, but there are, there are a lot of other lessons in the life of Samson which we're gonna talk about in the chapters that are to, that are to come ahead. But what happens here is that from birth, Samson is a Nazarite. Now, back in Numbers chapter six, we talked about the Nazarite vow, and that the Nazarite vow was basically a, a, a dedication to God that you were gonna serve God in a certain way, and you were his, and the sign of the vow was that you didn't cut your hair, you didn't shave, and you ate, didn't eat and drink certain things. Most Nazarite vows were temporary, so Paul took one in the New Testament and he broke his Nazarite vow when he got to Jerusalem and he paid for, the, for others to break their vows as well. And that meant shaving because you know, you'd, you'd, you'd have to be shaven and clean, clear, clean to present yourself back to God at the end of the vow. But for lifelong Nazarites, and there are three of them in the Bible, Samson's the first, Samuel the prophet's the second, John the Baptist is the third, these guys look very unkempt. And we'll talk about Samson's hair in a minute like in a few chapters, Samson had, the Bible says, had seven locks of hair. Well, it was obviously the way he managed his very unwieldy haircut. And um, <laughs> so, and John the Baptist just looked like a crazy man out in the desert. Samuel would have looked a little crazy too. And we often think that, you know, when you don't, when you don't cut your hair, you, we think of long hair at the back, but these are men, they've also got beards. They've got long beards as well. And so these are very, very interestingly different people. When the angel appears to his parents, the angel says that he will begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. And um, this is the point that I wanna make in this chapter, is that when we read the story of Samson over the next chapters to follow, 
we find that he, he definitely doesn't deliver Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Yeah, you look at Jephthah, he did deliver Israel from the hand of the Ammonites. Well, you look at Eglon, he did deliver Israel from the hand of the Moabites. Gideon did deliver Israel from the hand of the Midianites. But Samson, he only begins to deliver Israel from the hand of the Philistines. He does not complete the job. And by the time we get to the book of Samuel, but all these stories of the struggles with the Philistines that go on and on and on. You get to King David, you know, David and Goliath, that's with the Philistines. Then with Saul, the battle at Mount Gilboa, and all these other things that go on. It's finally at the end of King David's life that they have a rest from the Philistines, and you don't hear anything much about the Philistines anymore. So it's David, the person who represents Jesus Christ, the King of Jerusalem, or the King of Peace, it's only the king of peace that can give you rest from the Philistines, which represents your flesh. And so Samson is someone who, who the Holy Spirit would come upon him. And when the Holy Spirit was on him, he would do these incredible things. He would get so strong. Some of the things we're going to read are almost unbelievable. Well, if it wasn't for the fact that God was working through him, they're impossible. No one could do them. And... Um, so it's when the Holy Spirit is on him, he's able to overcome the Philistines, but he's so weak in himself that he keeps falling into temptations and falling into traps, and he's a picture of us. We are so weak, we can't destroy the flesh. And in fact, we have a picture of it right here. While we are alive on earth, we only begin the battle to destroy the Philistines. We only begin the battle to destroy the flesh. But it's when we're fully formed in Christ, in Jesus Christ, who's our Prince of Peace, then that battle against flesh will be fully resolved. So it's a little bit of a picture of our sanctification. Sanctification is that process of becoming more and more like Jesus. And while ever we live as Christians, we do become more and more like Jesus, but we don't complete the job. We only begin to complete the job. But it's when we're finally delivered into the eternal kingdom and we're with Jesus Christ, Finally, the Philistines are completely defeated over our lives. So we want the Lord Jesus to be our king. And of course, if you want to have greater victories over the flesh, over the Philistines, you need the Holy Spirit to work in you. Because it was only when the Spirit worked through Samson that he was able to overcome. Apart from that, he was very weak and basically inept. If you look at, on one hand, you'd say Samson is the strongest of all the judges, but on the other hand, you'd say he's the weakest of all the judges, all at the exact same time. And that's the truth about each and every one of us. If we've got God with us, we are the strongest. But without God, we are the weakest. So Heavenly Father, as we, as we go through the next three chapters to consider Samson, help us, Lord, to realize how much we need you. Help us not to become proud, to congratulate ourselves on our own strengths, but Lord, to acknowledge our strengths come from you. Without you, Lord, we can do nothing. So Father, give us grace and open our eyes and our hearts as we continue to study your word. In Jesus' name, amen.